0: Welcome to Kingsplain. It's the podcast that delves into the weird, wonderful, and wicked crazy with your hosts, G and Sarah. So this week we're talking about furries. Since our first one, we thought we would talk a little bit about what we're doing here and why we are doing this before we delve into it. So I am G and... We are doing this mostly because ever since I was a little kid and had the internet, I kind of got exposed to a lot of the weird stuff because it was a wild, wild west back then, uh, <laughs> you know, and and so I'm like Googling Sailor Moon things and I'm nine years old. And of course, one of the first things I wind up finding, because this is, you know, when we had GeoCities and AOL and all this other stuff, tentacle porn. So I've just been ruined since I was nine. And I am, some, two of my favorite things are actually creepy sex stuff and cults. And I feel like a lot of internet fetishes go in that realm. Definitely hand in hand. Yeah. So that's why I'm interested in this. And then Sarah. Um, I think I'm interested because one of the key like foundings of
1: our relationship as friends is I find weird shit on the internet and I send it to you and then
0: we laugh and talk about it. So (laughs) this is a way to share it with the world. Yeah. Okay. So we're planning on picking like a different topic every week. Some may come back up just because they're kind of the gifts that keep on giving. And speaking of that, we are talking about furries. Furries. Do you want to go through the definition? Yeah, sure.
1: So just in case you don't know what furries are, and I really don't know how you wouldn't know, because have you been living under a rock for the past like 20 years? It's a subculture interested in anthropomorphic animal characters. So animals that have human personalities and characteristics. So they might have human intelligence, have facial expressions, they'll speak or walk on two legs and wear clothes. But there is also a group within the subculture that sexualizes their characters and will create erotic fan art or participate in online or real life sexual interaction. And really, that's what we're mostly interested in. Let's not lie here. And the furry fandom name is also used to refer to the community of people who gather on the internet and at furry-themed conventions. Which of? There is a giant one called Anthrocon that's held every year in Pittsburgh, I think, Gene? Yeah, it's Pittsburgh. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. She's <laughs> home away from home, host the furries. Yeah, they do. Yeah, so I guess, you know, it, somebody looked at Tony the Tiger back in the 80s and said, you know what, I really want to be deep-dicked by that guy. So, great. You know, <laughs> hey. So, it, it looks like you, this This really came out for the first time in the 80s. Somebody looked and drew a, a character from a sci fi series, and that started to, you know, I got into this too. And, and it's kind of in the subculture that started at, back when Comic Cons were not what they are now. It's in San back when it was 20, 30, 50 people. At a comic convention, and then they did some zines, and and now,
1: oh my god, it, zines! It, Remember zines? let that's just that zines.
0: Yeah, does I, anyone do that anymore? I, I'm guessing, like maybe that's what Tumblr became for some people. Zines, yeah. But yeah, so they've been around, and the first convention was held back in 1989. So. While most people who are in it now are in diapers, which is just interesting. So now there's generations of furries, and that's that's interesting and also a little bit disturbing. And they're getting into it
1: very young, like teenagers, wanting to be in fur costumes and making the erotic art and joining these communities, which I find a little creepy. Like, imagine your, like, 14-year-old sister coming to you and saying,
0: I want to get a furry costume because it's awesome. Yeah, I mean— there's a lot of that stuff, even just the marketing at PantherCon. So we have like kids coming to these things and bringing, and their on par- second parents in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania are bringing their their kids to see animals. That I mean, like people dressed up as sort of animals, sort of humans, sort of odd stuff, and. I don't know necessarily that every parent knows that their kid is coming to something that gets somebody hard later on. You know,
1: it's because kids would just run up to those characters and be like, oh, I want to hug. I want to hold your hand. I want to not realizing that someone might be wearing that suit later on. Like you said, to get some deep dick. And I I just it's creepy.
0: And they are very well made, too. They they cost a lot of money. Yeah, like up to seven thousand dollars for a suit. That's so, a commitment. Yeah, that's not just like buying some rope at the Home Depot and doing some DNS. <laughs> that's that's like seven <laughs> grand. You know that that's, that to a lot of people that's more than they take home in a month. So that, that's a lot. And what's interesting is that there's this guy, and we watched for you all that are listening, <laughs> to this, a documentary on furries. I believe that it was called Persona. Yeah, and it's on it Amazon is, Prime. Yes. Canada and the U.S. have it, (laughs) so so you can watch it. We died so that you could live. If you've (laughs) ever had dreams of watching a dude in a fur costume mow the lawn on a tractor, well, this is the fucking shit for you. (laughs) It actually
1: was my favorite part of the whole freaking documentary. (laughs) Just seeing him wave to his neighbor, like, hey, Bill, just
0: mowing the lawn today. Yeah, it was, it was definitely um a sight to behold. And one of the big features of that documentary was this guy called Uncle Kage, Kaye. he, I think it's Kage. Yeah, his anthropomorphic character looks to be like a cockroach in a jacket. It wasn't very clear because he wasn't necessarily in his costume for what was shown, but he's a big part of the community is pushed to sanitize it for other people and change the perception of the community and honestly Sarah and you you could agree or disagree he acts kind of like the furry Trump yeah that vibe is for sure but I also get like a bit of
1: like a cult leader at the same time because (laughs) of his like control over who speaks to the media. If you do and you anger him, then you're like excommunicado. He banished that one
0: girl that went on the Tyrant Bank show and talked about what furries do in the bedroom. Yeah, and like so it's like a David Miskovich vibe if you are following Scientology at all and why wouldn't you be? Because I've also been obsessed with Scientology since way before that became mainstream, which shows you the positive ways that i spent my formative years. (laughs) Uh, But he was just very... Controlling of the narrative, which it seemed like from the documentary, a lot of people in the community like because there is a lot of stigma about this, and sometimes for good reason, there are some questionable things that go on. There, there was a guy who probably had a severe mental illness who appears to have frozen off his hands to become Hulk. So that was posted in one of my favorite Reddit's. Yes, <laughs> hell. So R slash Y I F F I N hell And, and so there is some mental illness. There's some, probably some pedophilia that goes on. I mean, and also we're dealing with people who fantasize about animals and they're anthropomorphic animals. So I don't know if, I'm, I'm sure it's a minority, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody's also into bestiality, and there's some overlap there.
1: Yeah, I think they'd be like, sort of like you said, like they'd be very small parts of the community, because I think in a whole, no one wants to think that somebody's fucking a dog, or even
0: a whole, nobody wants to think that someone in their community likes to, you know, have sex with animals and plus it's abuse at that point yeah i I think that that's there i don't know and nobody would admit to that probably if it was there because it's a crime yeah there was during
1: that ama on reddit ask me anything that we asked questions of the uh, furry he did mention something about there was a pedophile scandal with a member and that i want to say if there has been a few instances of bestiality but these members are shunned immediately and they're like kicked out. Yeah.
0: So there is some level of self-policing that does go on, which is good. Yeah. I, I don't think that it's fair to say that, it, that sex isn't a big part of the furry community. I mean, if you look at the artwork, there's lots of very large penises. <laughs> uh,
1: Sorry, was, I'm just thinking of the, when I Googled the porn and I couldn't even handle the thumbnails because it was
0: so strange. Yeah. It was like, you did that for research and I'm like, no no. (laughs) don't i have like i need bleach in my eyes it was so weird like such big penises like like the penis was like the size like could be like the size of a fucking like fire like a flamethrower um oh we should talk now about uh the cocksmith
1: leading into giant penises you that, that's your boy <laughs> so-, <laughs> so during the first zone documentary there was a owner of a website that creates like basically giant dildos based on animals like if you want to get a dildo that's a dragon dick or a giant tentacle or like a horse penis you can find this on this website i believe it is baddragon.com and really only go there if you can handle it because it's
0: And not like handle it in your ass, like handle it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So the, uh,
1: the guy that runs it, his name is Varka and he's also known as the cocksmith. But I think our favorite thing that he created was the, the, The yes, the fake dragon cum, which you can play with. It looks like glue and I guess he's made it. So if you're in your first suit, it's not going to stain it or
0: stick to it because it's it's made for fucking. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, yeah, that's, that's also a big part of their artwork is, like, the cum looks like it's all white. It's, like, really goopy. It's <laughs> not, you know, like... <clears throat> Liz Fair did this song that was actually called Hot White Come, and, like, this is just next level, and that song is also terrible, but (laughs) uh, but in case case you want to listen to bad, like, 90s music, that is a song for you, um... It could you be a the theme song and, for this episode. Yeah, I don't know how much we can use, but well, we'll think <laughs> We're also making this up on the fly. Can you tell? <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's a big part of it. Is this common fantasy, and and there's lots of dicks and lots of dicks. Like but what's even? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What I find even crazier is
1: that so like being a furry is like a subset culture. But there's also, like, other cultures within that culture. So you have, like, baby fur, which are people who dress like baby animal furries. Sort of like the adult diaper people. So their furry costume will
0: have a diaper, and I'm assuming in some places holes so they can shit themselves. I would assume that if it's got a diaper on it, they probably also have that infantilization fetish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is just shit on shit. Literally and figuratively. So, like, did they just
1: love the Lion King Simba when he was a kid so much? And then they just wanted to... Yes! Like,
0: there's definitely, I think, for some people, a childhood link to it. Because, admittedly, this gentleman that was featured on the documentary, who wanted his... Everyone he wanted his name to become, but he was Boomer the dog. He definitely had a like nostalgia for his youth while also wanting to be recognized as a dog I think to different degrees that's a big part of it for people is this focus on youth because even the ones that aren't baby furs and in diapers and stuff the the faces of these anthropomorphic characters are younger yeah they're very childlike and you know you are seeing parents with children who are Allowing their kids to be part of this culture. And I don't know if that's really the best move
1: because, you know. And I grow up thinking it's the norm. That this is what normal people do is, uh, you know, like, oh, we dress up as animals every weekend and go to conventions. And the kid goes to, like, grade one and is all of a sudden picked on or made fun of because of what mommy and daddy do. Like, it's, it's one thing to want to create an environment where your kids can have healthy exploration of things, but not when they're kids. The furries, it is sexual. Wait till they're older if they want to get involved, awesome. Mm-hmm. But I just don't like the idea of like when they're young being exposed to it.
0: Yeah. And plus, if you have that many children around it, it does breed the potential for abuse, not necessarily by, obviously not by the parent themselves, but you're, you're dealing with people who in some cases do have an infantilization fetish. do tend to go for the younger <clears throat> members of the community because there's, there's like 18 year olds who probably look like they're 14 just because that's natural. And then yeah. some kids, and then you have these other kids who are also exposed. So if they're going to conventions every weekend, you are opening them up to risk, really.
1: Well, especially when any anything that appeals to children, any career, any area where you have access to kids, like you're saying, it breeds the ground for predators. Like they're going to go there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Especially and they're in a costume. Well, you know, we're not saying that that is what happens. We're just saying that that's that's definitely oh, something to be that we would be concerned about. And what's also interesting in looking at some of the surveys about this group is that it's mostly men. Like they, it's about eighty percent men, according to some of the surveys of the fandom. And and obviously, they self reports and stuff like that. But just looking through the documentary, looking through the things that we did. Just for research to try and be fair, it's mostly guys. Straight guys, gay guys, asexual guys. It's just, it's a dick fetish. It's like dicks on dicks. <laughs> sausage. i mean it's a sausage party really parade of penises yeah lots of red rockets going on <laughs>
1: which i think is actually really fucking fascinating like to think that this is mostly men and if you're a straight guy like i get if you're gay it's a, you get to meet a lot of cool guys right that are into the same things you are you can find a relationship but if you're a straight man with only a 20 percent chance of meeting with <laughs> i don't know what you're doing with that <laughs> Especially because it's not like you can go on a dating profile, regular site like Tinder in your costume and, and, you know, meet
0: someone. I mean, you could, I mean, I'm sure that some people have, but like a lot of people are not going to swipe right for you.
1: Yeah. No matter how nice the blue fur is.
0: Yeah. No, no. And so, yeah. And what we, what I think everybody wants to know about with furries is do they fuck in the suit? That's sort of what's been the thing. What's the most controversial thing. And plus, Honestly, when we're talking about furries, we're not really talking about, like, oh, it gives people self-esteem and and getting their group to get their freak on with. No, no. We want to know, do you fuck in the suit?
1: (laughs) That's the main question we want to know. Like, if you were given five minutes and, like, real answers, the number one question would be, so do you fuck in the suit?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And if you go suitless, like, how suitless do you go? Do you keep the head on? Like, what's the logistics of that? So – Everyone basically claim <laughs> on the documentary and elsewhere that they do not fuck in the suit. There is no sex in the champagne suit. It's uh, too hot. It's too expensive. And... Uh, just based, again, on the
1: thumbnails I saw for furry porn, they, they definitely do have sex wearing parts of the suit.
0: I can't say the whole suit unless it's engineered for that, but... Suit and nothing but the suit. But, yeah, no, I... And and plus, the woman on Tyra Banks that was part of this documentary and also part of the Tyra Bank show back when that was still happening, was very open about the fact that, yeah, this gets her off. Yeah, she's fucked in the suit. Yeah, she's proud of it. And... She was, I think, my favorite part of that documentary, other than the guy. She was awesome. Mowing the lawn, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But no, she was really good. And she was, I remember when she said that they
1: had sex and her partner was like, no, no, no. And she's like, we've we've had sex in the suit, honey. Like, stop.
0: You can admit it. It's okay. And I think that that behavior, more so than the Uncle Kage stuff about, like, controlling the narrative, I had more respect for that woman by the end of that documentary than I did for anyone else featured in that documentary because of the fact that she was, like, yeah, I'm a furry, and what of it? Well,
1: and I think if they were more open, they would be less scrutinized. Like, if you would just admit, Uncle Kage, that people like to get their freak on wearing the suit, people wouldn't care so much. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, it's sort of like—it's it, definitely out of the norm, but so, so are a lot of things that, you know— We're going to talk about later. <laughs> yeah, that we'll, that we'll talk about later, but otherwise we would be one and done here. But, you know— yeah. This one keeps on popping up. It never really goes away because it's strange. And there's also a layer of shame in it from not so much just from the people like us who are outsiders, but from inside the community, there's, there's this layer of shame that, that exists and they have internalized this belief that it's shameful to do this. Whereas that woman who was ostracized from the community, at least from Uncle Kai is part of the community was The most normal sounding one of the group in terms of like, yeah, I I do this. It's my hobby. It's my it's my enjoyment factor. And what are you going to do about it? So what?
1: Well, and I think we should mention, too, that like while we make fun of things and we enjoy this kind of shit, I would never put down something that happens between two consenting adults and doesn't cause any abuse or harm. Like if you want to dress up like fucking dogs and go at it, like have fun with that. I might laugh at you because I think it's like an actual dog. No, not that. (laughs) Just leave the animals alone. Okay. But because of all the secrecy, like you're saying, and because of all the shame, it just creates more interest and
0: people want to know so much more about it. Yeah. And what's interesting is that like, there's a lot of things that people don't know about it that they would be absolutely, I don't know that I would say welcoming, but at least receptive to if. It wore more out in the open because it is a large fandom that seems to be getting bigger.
1: Um, it's on YouTube. There's tons of people now in their costumes on YouTube making videos. And they're, they're like wholesome videos. Like how to make a fursuit, you know, different like boring regular things that go with the fandom.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, I think that's where we are. Like, yeah, creepy sex up is fun. Um, we'll probably talk about Nixon at nexium whatever the heck the the sex cult with um chloe from smallville smallville we'll talk about that and that's different in that that's abusive and it's also fascinating but this to me really is about ownership and you need to just own what you love even though i think that he's mentally ill boomer the dog genuinely enjoys and finds Enjoyment from this lifestyle. And I don't really think, at least I don't want to think that he's having sex. Um, because he really does think he's a dog, and you know, there's a lot of like stuff and stuff and stuff there. But the other girl and her her partner, her her spouse, I don't know if they were married, they they clearly just enjoy it and they're cool with it. Whereas the other ones were like, don't fill me out of the suit. Or they had a lot of shame about it. And that does, to your point, make it more people more interested and more willing to believe assumptions that are negative, like that everybody's secretly effing animals and stuff. So, yeah. What I found interesting too is that,
1: a little bit off topic, you can suck across species. So if you're a dog and want to suck your wolf, you can do that. If you're a cats you can have sex with a dog it doesn't matter which I thought there'd be like a hierarchy
0: or like a standard so I was very interested in that that doesn't happen in the real world but then again (laughs) like you know it's definitely interesting because cats and dogs behaving and getting along (laughs) what, what, what are the odds Uh, But, yeah, it's definitely interesting. And what's also interesting is that there's not really a whole lot of, like, sea animals or stuff along those lines. It's really mostly cats, dogs, tigers. Mammals, yeah. Yeah, definitely mammals. Except for Uncle Kai, the the drunk lizard, because he also gets drunk and then, like, goes on YouTube and rants. I don't know, there, there's there's a couple, like, I would not be surprised if he's, like, actually abusive in his real life. I don't know that. I At least the way that he he gets, like, super angry, he has anger issues, I think.
1: Well, and didn't he also, because um, at Anthrocon, they used to have, like, some, like, the cocksmith. He used to, like, sell there, sell his products, but they had to leave because Kage wanted to be a more clean, sanitized
0: version, so that way they could have families come to Anthrocon and hang out. So, yeah, like, I- that that's part of it yeah and you know if you have if you're able to be profitable making big fake packs and big fake cum like you don't have just one buyer I mean like yeah. lots of people are into that which is cool I mean good for you not my thing but that's fine well and the thing that made me laugh too is like they're very good
1: quality <laughs> like when I was on the website I was like holy shit this is kind of like artistry like if you could even like display them and they would look really nice on a shelf. Well, I mean if you're gonna
0: go big and call yourself a cocksmith, they yeah. better be like epic cocks. <laughs> like you don't want some like paper mache dick and just go, I'm a cocksmith, everybody. Yeah, you definitely want it to be like building your reputation
1: that you can make the best fake animal cocks in the world.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that was um so that that was what we did. That was furries. Um, there's lots of other sub-species, sub-comments about furries that we can get into. Some of them are very disturbing, like Nazis. There are, there, are, there is a whole group of people who are Nazi furries. But this is, like, really strange,
1: because to me, like, you're a furry Nazi. You're, you're an animal Nazi. So wouldn't you just, like, hate other animals? Why would you be, like, all white power? You're an animal. Like, how do you...
0: Not all the Nazi furries are, in fact, white animals. Yeah, they're like wolves, too, right? I've seen, like, gray ones. Yep. There's been several articles that, like, neo-Nazi furries are Trump's latest and mo- most puzzling alt-right group and stuff along those lines. so, theme Trump and furries, then he just <laughs> has a, you know, following there. And honestly trump or hitler was around and able to do the things that happened during the holocaust let's just be honest here furries would be going to auschwitz so do you really belong in that is that really a logical step for you to make I don't think anything
1: about that is logical in any way, shape, or form, aside from the fact that they hate people and want to fuck while wearing an animal suit. And don't you think that Donald Trump is probably a closet furry? I I really now have this vibe that Trump is a furry. No, he's
0: into piss. So, like, he probably has, like, uh, he probably, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, he has the diapers, though.
1: Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, that makes much more sense. Adult diaper man. Yeah.
0: Yep, that I mean, he does like to get peed on and whatever, but no. <laughs> I, oh, I'm sorry. It da- has not been proven, but he likes getting pissed on. Uh, just yeah, that don't see it. So yeah, that's uh, that's definitely something to be to be mindful. Of, but we'll we can probably spend a whole hour on Nazi furries just because what the fuck. Um, but you know they're not like they're not even all fucking white furries. It's just very strange. It's just so strange. But if you want to dig into that while, before we talk about it in full, you can go to www.furredreichblog.com if you want to be horrified and amused, but mostly horrified. There you go. Oh, wait. no, it down. So you can Google it, though, and it will show up. Um, but yeah, so it's been a little bit over half an hour that we have talked about furries. Any parting thoughts, parting things you want to talk about, add, comment? Um, I think,
1: um, on a whole, it's it's still really funny to me. Like, I want to be like, oh, it's just normal and boring and they dress up like animals, but I still find it kind of hilarious. Oh, uh,
0: um, what about you? It's I, I mean, furries are funny. But, like, also, just be, just in case you want to know what also I find hilarious, I find Fifty Shades of Grey hilarious. That is hilarious. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's, like, borderline abusive. I mean, she. I guess I have not actually read all of these books, but at some point uh, the dude rips the tampon out of the girl and then fucks her. So, you know, I'm saying that every, sex in general is just funny. <laughs> We would also love to hear
1: from you guys. So if you have any questions or comments or, you know, anything you want us to talk about in a future uh, podcast, you can send us an email at kinksplained
0: at gmail.com. Yep. So, all right. Well, thanks, guys, for listening to us ramble. It's been fun. And we will have another one up in about two weeks. Bye. Bye. Stay
1: kinky.